0: The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's the Fake Show with Jim Toffey. There aren't too many actors as prolific as the Golden Globe-nominated John Leguizamo. John's social activism regarding Latin and black history can be seen in many of his roles and his one-man shows on Broadway. Now, this includes John's latest film, Critical Thinking, based on a true story and looks like an important movie to see. I've got John Leguizamo on the line right now from his home in New York City. Jim in Las Vegas. John, welcome back to the show. How have you and your family been doing the pandemic, buddy?
1: You know, it's been it's been okay for me. It's been tough for my kids. You know, they're, they're 19 and 20. They want to be out with their friends, but they're stuck with right. their parents. I like spending time with my adult kids, so I, I loved it. They, they, them not so much.
0: <laughs> well, congratulations on your film, Critical Thinking. And this is a true story, yes?
1: Yeah, it's based on five Latin and black kids from the toughest neighborhood in Miami called Overtown. Who in 1998 became United States chess national champions against all odds, against every obstacle that could come down their way, defunded public schools, uh, lack of supplies, you know, uh, parents who, who, who were somewhat toxic. And yet this teacher, Mary Martinez, who I play in the movie, imparts into them so much strategy so much game that they're they're undefeated
0: i think i heard that this film took two decades to make and and i'm assuming that because you executive produced direct and co-star that you actually kind of took matters into your own hands with this
1: yeah well you know it, it it's really hard in hollywood or hollywood not as i call uh, it
0: uh-huh.
1: to pitch latin stories you just don't get it even though we're the largest ethnic group in america We contribute $1.3 trillion to the economy every year. We're 25% of the U.S. box office, but yet we're less than 3% of the faces in front of the camera and less than 1% of the stories. So here I am with this incredible story, true story, inspiring as heck, and the studios don't get it. So I had to raise the money independently, and I found this great billionaire who was from Brooklyn who got kids like this, who was a kid like that himself, and and here we are.
0: Wow, that in and of itself is a great story. It's weird because for those of us on the outside looking at Hollywood, it appears to be liberal, but it, it's strange that they don't think that Latino or black stories can be sold.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big problem. I mean, L.A. is 50 percent Latin and that's where Hollywood is, and less than 3% of the faces in front of the camera, less than 2% of of the crew behind the camera, less than 1% of the stories, and 0% executives. And that's where the problem is. That's where the disconnect is, because if land people are 25% of the U.S. box office, we're a quarter of the box office, that means we're funding this by big money. Why aren't you giving us 25% of the faces in front of the camera And 25% of the executives. That's where the problem is. And I, I think it's a big reckoning right now in our times that I, I think Hollywood needs to reassess itself and, and and change. They need to be inclusive.
0: So as the guy in charge of this film, how do you make the game of chess cinematically compelling?
1: It, you know, it, that's a tough call, you know, because <laughs> chess is such a mental game, you know? I mean, how do you... Right. How much beads of sweat can you put on these poor actors or make... <laughs> so what I had to do was try to make it like a sport, you know? I had to try to make it like... Like a, a the last round is like a boxing match the the second to last is like a football game i had to make the pieces come to life i had to bring out the mental strategy and and externalize it and it was tricky but i we used uh venice cameras which are really really beautifully it shoots so beautifully uh i use zero to 90 zoom lenses so i could be on a on a pawn, and pop out to the hand, pop out to the crowd, and just create tension that way.
0: I had heard that your actors not only had to learn the game, but I also read that the exact 60 moves that won the national championship. I mean, this seems even harder to learn than learning lines. <laughs>
1: it was hard. For the- <laughs> I said, I said, guys, you're going to be in my movie. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to be very proud of it. I need a week before we start shooting 12 hours a day, and we're going to rehearse after shooting every day, so it's going to be long days, but you'll be proud. And it was like chess boot camp, so I got the real players to come down the week before, put them through the paces, because I wanted the exact games that were played. And the last one was 60 moves, and the actors had to learn 60 opposing moves, you know, 60 moves on the white, 60 moves on the black. So it's really 120 moves that they had to learn. <laughs> be memorized and they did it man they did it
0: well, you've been in so many things at this point how much of a privilege was it for you to have a role in when they see us
1: oh dude i would have paid to be in it i mean yeah I felt like it was it was one of those important films that you do that changed the world and i feel like when they see us definitely changed and helped i think uh bring on black lives matter i think it helped bring back you know respect for for all the black lives cuz these were black and latino teenagers that were accused of 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 a rape even though they were there was no evidence there was no DNA the the DNA actually was was proving that it was somebody else but they they wanted some, they wanted a fall guy they wanted these kids to they needed the the DA needed a uh, a suspect so that she could continue to sell books and 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 be on TV and uh, she did the wrong thing and, and, and made these kids suffer, ruined their lives.
0: I thought about you, John, when you guested on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because we lost uh, Regis Philbin recently. What was your experience like on that? Because it seemed like everyone who was playing was really nervous.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I love Regis, man. What a great man. I mean, I, every time I was on his show, he was the most gracious, kind, just a real great dude. So he, he is sorely missed. Um, yeah, you know, we, you, you believe in your charity, man. I mean, I had East Harlem Tutorial, which was a brownstone in Spanish Harlem here in New York that gave kids who didn't have computers a place to come and be able to do their work. And I wanted them to get that money so they could maybe buy a few more brownstones and, and better computers. And, you know, the audience... I had the right answer. The audience confused me by giving me the wrong answer, and then I, <laughs> we didn't get the, the million dollars. We got the 30K.
0: You've in, you know, enjoyed such great success writing and producing, doing your own one-man shows and stuff like that. So does someone like Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of reignite your passion for all of this?
1: Oh, it's so true. I mean, his masterpiece, Hamilton... Uh, I mean, it, it just revitalized everything in me. I was like, oh my God, I, I can do more. I can do, we can succeed. I mean, if you would have pitched that story at Hollywood or the, or the streamers, they would have been like, wait a minute, you, your Hamilton is going to be played by a Puerto Rican and <laughs> her is going to be black? Right. I'll tell you something. Hip-hop was not invented in the 1700s. <laughs> it would have never got made. Never right. got made. But because it was on it, at Broadway, where there are no gatekeepers... We're not relying on somebody's taste or opinion. You just got a great script and you can raise the money. Boom, rent the theater. You got success. And so that's really made me open up a whole new world for me. Like I know I can publish i know i can produce i know i can write and i'm going to do a ton
0: you have a passion for talking about this situation that you've mentioned uh psycho erasure and how latin and black people have been erased from the history books do you see any at least the beginning of progress on this
1: i, I definitely do i mean uh the thing is that people think that Latin people just got here but we discovered america <laughs> we founded it we built it the, the the British took it from us, and then the Americans took the rest, the Southwest from us. And before that, we were great empires. We were the biggest civilizations: the Incas, the Mayas, the Aztec, Comanche, Apache. And then we fought for America. We're the only ethnic group, Latin people, who have fought in every single war America's ever had, and we're the most decorated minority in every single war. And I'm talking about American Revolutionary War, where 10,000 Latinos fought. We had a general, Galvez. During the American Revolutionary War, with 3,000 Puerto Ricans, Cubans, Mexicans, Native Americans, and freed slaves, kicked the British out of the South so they couldn't surround the British, uh, I mean, the, the Americans in in, in the in New England, and saved, you know, the the Republic, helped us build America. And then, why isn't that in history textbooks? Why isn't that in movies? Why, where is that info? That 20,000 of us fought in the Civil War. Five hundred thousand of us fought in World War Two with tons of heroes. Where's that? Where? Where are those incredible contributions? So I do feel though that studios are making a difference. I feel like publishers are realizing it. I feel that networks and streamers are realizing and looking at their ranks and going, Who's it, who's in my office? Who are my executives? Where are the Latin and Black people and the people of color? Where are they in my office? How are they represented? Because you can't tell our stories without us being executives.
0: That's great to hear. And before I let you go, I know that some TV and film projects are starting to shoot again. Do you have anything that you're going to be doing anytime soon?
1: I was supposed to be a part of this incredible series called The Power, based on a novel that came out two years ago, about that when girls get to puberty, they get this power, and they become the rulers of the planet and men become subservient to them. It's, a, it's an incredible story. And it was postponed uh, till November now. I, uh, I don't really have a start date, but now the new locale is England and uh, November, hopefully.
0: Well, John, enjoy time with your adult kids, and uh, good luck with critical thinking. Always great to talk to you. I appreciate it.
1: Always great to talk to you, too, my man. All the best to you.
0: All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Once again, John's film Critical Thinking is available now on video on demand. That wraps up this episode of The Fake Show podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty and I'll see you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.